Chris, good afternoon. Hey, man. Hey, so we're back home this week. And <laughs> to start out, yeah, well, <laughs> we got to be in the studio one day, uh, and then we got back home. To start out, we wanted to do some follow-up. We actually have three or four pieces of follow-up this week. So, Chris, do you want to start this off with uh, what you got on your side? Yeah. So uh, we have this uh, way for people to respond if they go to our Anchor page. So if you go to anchor.fm slash let's fix things, which is our homepage, you can give us audio responses of up to a minute. And our first audio response was from uh, Derek van der Ploeg. Good luck typing that in. Yeah, good. Derek, um, there. Yeah, All American Derek, it for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek uh, was a, a, an intern at uh, Raft before, uh, before we uh, work, uh, did work at Argo. And he had follow-up on episode eight of five, where we were talking about how to adapt to the current situation and how to see opportunities in these difficult times. And he wanted to give us uh, a recommendation of a book to read, which is called The Obstacle is the Way, which is about the stoic mindset. Uh, it's written by Ryan Holiday. And he says it really helped him to yeah, basically see these opportunities in darker times and see how difficulty doesn't mean seeing no way out. So uh, yeah, everybody go look it up and see what you think. I feel like this is the equivalent of saying getting hit with a baseball bat is good. Like, hey, things are difficult, but you know, you didn't die. Uh, I mean, despite, we, despite we've been saying that, but when I hear the, the title of the book, The Obstacle is the Way, like, ah, uh, this just sounds like hard work. I'll have a beer instead. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on, on my side, so Lena, who's our podcast editor, who we were literally just watching on Twitch stream Animal Crossing sent me this, this series of messages all about selling turnips and Animal Crossing uh, uh, markets. and all. I, I think we need to dedicate an episode to this coming up. I think there's a few things we need to dedicate episodes to because she sent me a bunch of stuff that I didn't understand and I have to go dig into it. But it seems like there's a whole you know, market and system out there that we have no clue about. I love how these niches to us and hopefully our audience seem new, but then when somebody that knows about it hears that, they're like, Pah, they know nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's so many different uh, areas out there for us to cover. You know, at some point we'll probably we should probably get her on now that she's got a whole setup to record and have her explain this. I think the other thing that we got follow up on is somebody was asking me, okay, so you guys talked about policy and about GDPR and about data cleanup. Uh, but what do you suggest? Uh, the two things that entered my mind initially was a little bit of the libertarian aspect of, look, just control your own, just control your own shit, right? Like just be a little bit more responsible about what's happening and what you're doing and what you're signing up for. But of course, that can also be obfuscated in a lot of ways. So I think the other thing is that companies really need to be a lot clearer and have pages and information dedicated to this for people who are interested. If you're not interested and the, the company has a clear page on it, then, you know, to me, that's really sort of your fault on things. The other situation is obviously companies need to find new models and, you know, advertising or selling email addresses isn't always the right thing to do, but that's a little bit more on the company side, not the policy side. Anyways, we should revisit that in the future. For this week, what we wanted to talk about was an old article from Don Norman about design education. And this whole article basically laid out, this was in 2010, and this laid out the idea that a lot of design schools were teaching product, and that could be physical product or digital products, 
but the design was becoming much more complex and design schools should really be teaching from a service design perspective, right? And now flash forward 20 years, and I think a lot of schools are teaching from a service design perspective, but it's also detrimental in a lot of ways for designers who come on the market. And so that's that's a little bit of what we're going to hit on. And so, Chus, I think it would be interesting just to start out with a question of quickly, what was your education? What did you get in school? Yeah, so... I first wanted to find actually what I wanted to do. And I always knew it was like a, an inventor, you know, that was my kid's dream. At first I thought I was good with computers. Let's go to computer science. And I, I utterly failed at that. It was way too theoretical. Went to mechanical engineering. Not for me. I found it boring. It was so much not about what you were designing, but only how to design and how to make it work. And then I found industrial design at the Technical University of Eindhoven, which is a very practical technical university industrial design school or basically it is a technical university and it has an industrial design department where you learn industrial design from the hands-on point of view and what the cool thing is and where i immediately disagree with don norman's article is that our teachers actually came from uh, businesses they weren't teachers that were in university forever so i had a teacher a professor who was a psychologist I had another professor who uh, used to be a dance instructor. I had a teacher that had his own design agency for the past 30 years. So, so now after going through all of those things, uh, the mechanical engineering, the programming, getting into design and looking at products, right, which is what Norman was saying could be a little bit detrimental. I'm curious, you jumped out of school, you joined Frog, which was uh, an innovation agency. What, were there certain things that you didn't feel school prepared you for well? So my school was all about designing a product as holistically as possible. So we didn't have classes in this is how you use software or this is how you learn to sketch. We had projects. So every project was a full design cycle. You started off with the ideation phase and figuring out how to work for a specific client. And you ended up with a design that you were supposed to test and analyze. That was really cool. But that did mean the moment I joined Frog as an interaction designer, I had actually never really done interaction and UI design specifically. So I came in with a mindset of how the design process worked, but drawing wireframes, I did that for the first time really on the working floor at Frog. And so on my side, I graduated about 20 years ago at this point, and I did a lot more graphic design, but we learned the tools and we learned digital design. So we learned really hands-on interaction design, which prepared me really well when I joined Microsoft as my first real job. And I think that did a great job bridging from the point of what I graduated with to the company that I joined and what I needed to do and the skill sets I needed. But I do still have some some detrimental things though, and I'll come back to those in a moment. So I'm curious, over the last 10 years, we have seen a lot more schools shift towards abstraction of more design theory and more service design. So looking at the holistic customer journey, looking at all the different users or actors involved. And we have people who now apply for jobs, designers who graduate from college, and this is their skill set. And Chus, where, where or where not do you see that falling down? I think it's very interesting that people come in with these sort of conceptual tools to solve problems. But where I see it fall flat really quickly is, I always call this, uh, they haven't had their Mr. Miyagi. They're, that person that forces you to design things in detail 
over and over and over again to really get the skills down before you start to think about the application of those skills. And that's what I really notice with most young designers that we speak to is they're really good in talking about design, but when it comes to hitting the ground running on a design project, they're, they're super fresh. Yeah. So when you come in to a company like Argo or previously Raft or Frog, if you're coming in on that one to three years of experience or zero to three years of experience, a lot of times your job will be to crank out work to crank out design work. You're not necessarily going to get put on the big strategic programs of let's find this customer journey. And the reason for that is oftentimes new designers actually don't understand the broader business context of what's happening. And so they'll jump in and they'll want to apply this theory, but they won't actually understand the larger context of what's going on. And that's why most of the time we have people step back and say, okay, we have to now train you on the basics of interaction design, and I mean the basics, checkbox, radio button, text input, right? Understanding mobile, mobile patterns, desktop patterns, the difference between Android and iOS. Schools are not doing any of that. And I understand that that is a very commoditized situation. And if that's all schools taught, it would be extremely detrimental because I think then everyone would get out and they wouldn't really have any of the larger skills to apply. But it is hard to hire people when you get them without those skills and you just know the first three months is going to be having them understand what all the foundational rules are of the platforms out there that exist in order for them to understand how they can either abide by them or break them as they're designing new work. And what I also think is important about getting back to those conceptual tools like a, a customer journey map or a touchpoint diagram, even though these tools are used industry-wide, that's, that's an effect of what we now call design thinking. And you can find templates for these things everywhere. But I think at Argo and, and at Raft before that, we've we've all figured out that every application of these tools is different. It's not about grabbing a template and filling it in. It's not the, the business canvas and you just fill in a bunch of words. Every problem is new and it's more about how do you pick this problem apart and then how do you put it back together? And I'm not sure if you come out of school and you know all these tools by heart, if that's the correct mindset. So, so I'll contrast a little bit there because I do think that students are getting more theor because they're getting more theory and abstraction. They have the ability to break things apart, put them back together. I don't see that much as an issue, but what I do see, and maybe this is what you're calling out, maybe I'm not understanding, is that because they learn a certain process, they believe that process must be adhered to, right? So I don't necessarily see it as like, okay, it's a template but it's a certain process. And then if you don't adhere to that process, then somehow you're not doing design right. Somehow it's all wrong. And of course, everybody does things a little bit different. So I, I guess maybe I'm not contradicting you, but maybe I'm just slightly adjusting or adding on to your point. I, I think that's exactly the point that okay, I, I sorry, was going sorry to. Then. I was, I was thinking like templates in my head of the business model canvas. And I was like, that, that wasn't really the issue that I see. I just see you have to do things in these stages or steps. And if you don't, then all of a sudden, like wires get crossed and I fused my brain and now I passed out. Yeah, I think, I think if, if there's one constant for the design practice, it is to be pragmatic. Sometimes clients don't want to pay for a certain thing that you see as a basic building block for a design trajectory. And sometimes you don't have the time or sometimes you don't have the information to start from and you'll have to find your way around not having that particular piece. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's such a good point. You don't always have all the building blocks to start and you just have to go. 
But I'm, I'm curious now with the shift over to schools doing service design, and we miss a lot of the foundational design elements for designers coming out of school. Do you think it's easier to teach those foundational elements on the job? Therefore, schools are doing the right thing. Or do you think it would be easier to teach the customer journey service design part on the job? I think you'll always learn on a job. A school can never be on the forefront of inventing what needs to be done because they're trying to teach as much as possible. So, And the job is always evolving. Technology evolves. What clients need and understand evolves. So you'll always be learning on a job. We, we learn daily. I totally agree with that. I'm just trying to think to myself, is design education, did it shift in the right direction? And despite the fact that I'm saying, look, you know, we have people come to us who don't have some basic skills, I do think shifting towards the theoretical and the abstract is good overall because you can learn the hands-on skills pretty quick. It's just, you know, I, I, would, I would love to see some design schools add one or two classes on just the basics of tools, the basics of digital operating system patterns, something like that to give people an understanding of what they're about to walk into. And I remember Dan Saffer saying this like 10 years ago, nobody wants to hire a senior strategist right out of school. And so you have all these designers coming out of school. It's like, don't worry, I'm going to solve your customer journey problem, which then brings me to the last point I think I want to make. The customer journey map, ecosystem map, whatever that is, is not a deliverable. I'm gonna ha- I-, I said this last week with one thing that I want people to take away. This is what I want them to take away this week. A customer journey map, an ecosystem map, a set of you know perso- personas, whatever. It's not a deliverable. We are like, designers get this in their head and they give it over and they're super happy and they're all excited. And the thing that I always see with companies is they don't know what to do with it because all it is is a map. There's no action. People who are in consulting like us, and I've been saying this for the last few weeks on repeat, We are in the business of solving problems, right? People think we're in the business of design. We are in the business of solving problems. And if you give somebody a customer journey map, I don't think you've solved their problem. You've given them information, but you need to turn that information into action. Yeah, those deliverables are tools to help solve a problem. But uh, consultants are also tools to help solve a problem. So you basically, you're, you're just diverting attention to something else that they don't quite know what to do with. That's not helping. Yeah, our, our job should be to give them what the answer is. Yeah. So, Chris, good talking to you, and we will talk again next week. Thanks, man. Bye. Later, man. Bye.